Welcome, friends. This is Voices Amped. I'm Ellie Clark. And I'm Vanessa Becker-Weig. And we are your hosts. It's 2021. To all our listeners, we are so excited that you are joining us on our new podcast journey. Voices Amped is a place for us to generate shared space to crank up the volume on underrepresented voices, stories, and action. Ellie and I are actors, producers, directors, and educators, and we've been making change together for the past eight years through our Arts Meets Activism endeavor, The Girl Project. Our work has opened doors for us to collaborate and partner with some badass people, artists, activists, community organizers. We are so excited to give you, our listeners, the opportunity to be as inspired by them as we are. We love telling people stories. Our guests will be longtime friends and allies, and we can't wait to dig in deep with questions about their work, their art, their successes and setbacks, the habits that make them tick, and how they manage their public and private personas. We will invite them to share some of their work or work that is currently inspiring them. Joining us on the regular will be the Voices Amplified leadership team, Jenny Benavides, Dr. Margaret McGladry, and our editor and intern, Kennedy Johnson. So fellow Ampers, we can't wait to get amped up with you and our incredible guests. And remember, be curious, be courageous, take up space and make some noise. We are so excited to introduce you to the future president of the United States, <laughs> Kennedy Johnson. <sighs> <laughs> Kennedy is 20 years old and originally from Woodford County. She is a sophomore attending the University of Northern Kentucky, where she is majoring in electronic media and broadcasting and an honors college minor and a college informatics ambassador. That's a mouthful and fancy. When Kennedy isn't studying, you can find her at Airy with American Eagle, where she is part of the management team as a sales leader. Some of Kennedy's passions are photography, singing, playing guitar, and most recently, yoga. She's also a theater gal who was part of the Woodford Theater Young Artist Program for four years. She also served as the marketing intern for two years for Woodford Theater. Kennedy won an Outstanding Female Performer Freddie G Award at the Junior Theater Festival in Atlanta for her portrayal of Rafiki in The Lion King. She is an alumnus of the infamous class of 2016 of The Girl <laughs> Project and is our awesome editor and intern for Voices Amped. She was the marketing lead for Woodford County High School's community activism class. Kennedy is a Scorpio. Oh, I didn't. Did I know that? <laughs> no, you didn't. And I know lots of Scorpios in my life. And Kennedy definitely is on that wonderful end of Scorpio <laughs> that I have witnessed. Determination, bravery, loyalty, creativity, and intuition. And let me tell you, this girl can sing. Sing, sing, uh, sing, sing. Are you singing oh, for us? Sing. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, that would be a treat. <laughs> That's a treat. Is there anything else? 
we missed? I think you covered all of it. There's a lot of stuff going on <laughs> with Northern Kentucky University. That's a mouthful. Yeah. There is. Good <laughs> stuff, though. Is there anything that we missed in that in that list of, of exciting things that you have going on there at, at, at NKU? Um, with NKU, so I'm picking up a second internship with them. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be, uh, like, an editor slash film person for Science Around Cincy. Um, it goes into like University of Cincinnati and we interview different doctors and surgeons and like archeologists, anyone who's in the science field, we just interview them and get their story of what got them into their field. Wow, that's incredible. When, when do you start up all of that? Um, I start that in March, maybe April. Okay, so you have a little bit of time to get geared up for all of that. Yeah, before I pick up another thing on my shoulders. You are a busy girl, but you are such a uh, an achiever. Like, I don't want to say overachiever because that makes you sound like you're too much. You're just, you're such an achiever in just such a um, comfortable and relaxed way. At least that's my perspective. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just say, Kennedy, my sister's a Scorpio. I love Scorpios, but when you're a Gemini and your older sister is a Scorpio, there's a little... Um, trauma of the experience of you know her being really mean like she tried to kill me a few times when I was a baby it's fine but um anyway I do love Scorpios I do love my sister we're an interesting bunch oh so so cool yeah (laughs) Emma is a Scorpio and that must be a Scorpio trait because Emma uh tried to kill Jackson too when he was a baby You know, my parents did say that they were scared of me when I was a baby. (laughs) Are you serious? Did you have a little brother and sister that you were Um, mean to sometimes? I'm the youngest, but my parents did say, apparently I used to sleep with my eyes open. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrifying. So maybe it's just a Scorpio baby thing. (laughs) Now, for all you Scorpios, uh, Scorpios out there, we love you. We truly do. My dad my daughter, my good friend, Patrick, all Scorpios. So we love you, Scorpios. (laughs) So today is a big, big day that we're interviewing you, Kennedy. It is inauguration day 2021. So um, if anybody bursts into into tears of of joy and relief, um, (laughs) we'll just have somebody else pick up the microphone. Um, So Inauguration Day 2021, a couple weeks past uh, January 6, 2021. Um, I'm going to ask a really loaded question, Kennedy. How are you feeling as a young Black woman in America? Honestly, it feels like there's a weight lifted off of my shoulders. (laughs) Like, I don't have to, I mean, obviously, we still have to deal with racism and all of these other issues, but knowing that there's a president in office, as well as a vice president in office, who truly care about all American people, but specifically minority Americans, it's just a huge comforting feeling knowing that, okay, I'm safe. Someone cares about me. Like the leader of this country cares about me. That's, I'm already, I'm already starting. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to focus in. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that, Kennedy, and, and um, knowing that 
that you feel that way and are feeling hopeful, um, I don't know, it just provides a whole other layer of hope. So thank you for starting us off that way. <laughs> when I was watching this morning, I'll say for me, it was so clear the thoughtfulness that went into the representation on the stage more so than I, than has ever been in the past. Um, and it, it just felt, um, it felt a little more whole. It was like putting pieces together. And even if, even if it is thoughtful and it, it brought people's attention to it, I think it's a really important thing to see a more representative idea of what America is. Did you, I mean, I, obviously you saw that. Mm -hmm. um, did it, did that feel good? Was that meaningful to you? Did it feel like they were trying too hard? Did it feel like, thank God it's about time? What was, what's that feeling? It kind of felt like everyone who was there, but also watching was just like, everyone felt connected. Yeah. Um, and even though Trump wasn't there to make it a peaceful Passover, it still felt like everyone who was there was just connected and like, just kind of grieving with each other. It's such a like, it's a win for the day, but it's weird because you still feel like you're grieving a loss in, in some way. Because we have to let go of all of the bad stuff that recently yeah. happened and still move forward. So it's this weird middle ground that I feel like everyone was in. And super brave of Mike Pence to be there without Trump being there, I thought. So yeah, that definitely changed my perspective on him a little bit. Like I, I gained some more respect for him just because I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, you can put your ego aside and be peaceful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really, that's a really big standing point for him right now, I guess. I think there's uh, a lot of lessons to be learned over the, the past couple of weeks. And I, today, for the first time in a really long time, felt that hope because of seeing all of the, the different faces that you talked about, Ellie, and um, seeing Mike Pence come in with that bravery, even, even our buddy Mitch McConnell um, <laughs> being there and um, just feeling that everyone sees the, the work that is ahead of us. Mm -hmm and acknowledging that work and not ignoring it <laughs> um, gives me hope, so. I will say another thing, watching the inauguration that made it so meaningful to me, and I truly had chills the whole time. I wasn't even at my parents' house watching it. I was at the hair salon getting my hair done. So I was <laughs> surrounded by African women. Mm. And as soon as, Biden was sworn in, all of these women just started clapping and like hooting and hollering. And it was just this moment of, these are African women. They do not speak English, yet they're so happy with where we're going in America. And it just, I don't know, it was a really touching moment and I'm happy that I got to be a part of that. Mm, yeah. Ooh, Kennedy, we're going to, uh, maybe switch gears for a little, a little while. Maybe we'll circle back to some of these events, but I would love for our Ampers to get to know you a little bit in regards to how you've been part of our um, activism work for, I guess it's been four years now. 
what? Four years, crazy. I know. <laughs> so, so back in 2016, um, tell us what you knew about the Girl Project and and why you wanted to to be part of it. Um. So in 2016, I I was going from a freshman into my sophomore year of high school. Um, I had only done two shows <laughs> on stage. Um, Vanessa, you're the person who really, you pulled me aside, I remember, at a hairspray rehearsal. And he said, hey, I have this project called The Girl Project, and I'd really like for you to be a part of it. And I remember I went back to school and I spoke with Amy Shores, um, who's the English teacher there. And I spoke with her about it. And she just looked at me and she was like, this is for you. It's just about empowering women, making you feel more comfortable in your own skin. And I think the words that she said to me that really got me interested in it were comfortable in your own skin. Um, and I'm still working on that, <laughs> but that's what really drew me into the project and has me still loving it. <laughs> I'm still working on it too. And I'm 41. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's, we've talked about it. It's a, it's a, a struggle. It's probably the one thing that you know, both of us are constantly struggling with that we're constantly imparting on our participants. And um, that's why we have each other and we keep working together <laughs> to, to keep feeling comfortable in our own skin. Good. Um, so I always talk about that class of 2016. Every, every class of our participants has always had, you know, something super special about that class. But the class of 2016 was like this miracle <laughs> that dropped into my lap um, because it was the year Ellie had decided to go to grad school and she, um, you had completed your first year of grad school, right? And you were getting ready to go and do a season in Ohio for Tantrum. I, was, I got cast in Dancing at Luna set with Tantrum Theater and I was so scared to call you and tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so I knew that it was going to be a very different year. And um, I, you know, I had to kind of strategize on what that was going to look like. I knew that, you know, uh, Margaret was definitely going to be doing some more. And then we were going to call in our first like long-term guest artist and male guest artist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I knew that was going to happen, but then, you know, needed to, to have a really magical group of participants and boy, Boy, did we. I mean, just intelligent fire starters, um, all in. Everyone was all in. And of course, 2016 was the year of uh, the election. And uh, definitely, I believe that every single girl had um, like-minded political views that they were very vocal about. <laughs> So it was a pretty intense year, but it was such a, a great year to create because everyone was all in. So that is the perspective that I have from that year, the, the miracle workers of that year. I'm curious, what, what did you think of the group that you were working with, especially you know considering the year that it was and that all that was going into it 
Um, how did you feel about that group? Did you feel that kind of magic? Did you feel, what, what did you think? I definitely felt that magic and we were all so, so, so connected. I mean, we still keep in touch, all of us. <laughs> um, because it was that election year, it was a little weird for me because I was the only black person in the group. And I remember we did do a piece about Black Lives Matter, but it still felt weird just because, you know, I was still carrying everyone on my back because I was having to be the leader. And I just wish that I had one person to hold my hand up there. Mm. Just one more person of color in that group. And I think that would have made it so much more amazing. But regardless of that, I just think I learned something from each of those girls. Each of those girls taught me something and I will never forget that year. That, I mean, you know, you just stating that it, it is so insightful. It's really insightful. Um, I remember doing that Black Lives Matter piece and how, how important it was. Um, but I, I definitely can, you know, learn, I think, I think a lot of lessons learned about, you know, you, you having all this support behind you, but you were still alone. Yeah. Cause I was still having to educate everyone. I mean, I had majority of the line spitting out all of the facts about Martin Luther King and all of these other influential people in our history. And I just feel like if there was one other person there to educate with me, then it would have been easier to really feel it, I guess. I don't think I really took a second to feel my words. Oh. Yeah. So I think that would have helped. Yeah. Do you remember that year? Such a, again, such a heavy hitting pieces, but um, that was the year with the Brock Turner case as well. And, uh, and we really honed in on that Brock Turner case and read the, um, read the letter from, from the victim. And I just remember that, that being a closed container that was on fire. Um, what kind of, how, how, how did you feel about that time and reading that letter from, from the victim of that case? You know, I was so young, you know, because the woman who experienced that assault, she was already in college. And at that time, I think I was still 15. I wasn't even 16 at that time. So I was such a young girl writing about this experience that I didn't know anything about because I had never experienced it. And I had to put myself in her shoes, but I portrayed her sister. Um, which I thought that was a lot easier for me since I do have two older sisters. Mm -hmm. um, but that piece, I think about it really often, actually. <laughs> um, it's something that has never left my mind. I actually just watched it a few nights ago, our performance of it, because mm -hmm. it's so heavy hitting mm -hmm. and you can't ignore it. The words we're saying, we're in your face. We're telling you the facts. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I loved that piece. And I think that piece educated people, not about just like rape in general, but 
educating people about how it affects everyone involved, not just the person who was assaulted, but it affects the family. I truly I appreciated that about that piece as well. It's just examining those different sides um, yeah. and perspectives. You kind of, I mean, you talked about this a little bit um, with being the only person of color that year. Um, are there other aspects of the project that you found challenging? Um, the willingness to open up at first, because we do have our closed container sessions. Um, and I'm sure you both know that first closed container session is pretty dead. <laughs> pretty quiet. <laughs> yeah, no one's willing to really open up. Um, so I think that's something that I found challenging in the start was just the willingness to open up. Um, looking back at it, I wish that I opened up a lot more. <laughs> I didn't really open up that much that year. Um, so I think that's the hardest part for me, just that willingness to be open and be honest with myself. Yeah. You and were we're so asking you to do it in like six weeks and three of those weeks is writing the play and putting it up. So there's not a lot of time, a lot of time for that to unfold. So just the fact that you're still reflecting on it is meaningful. It is. You were so supportive. I just, that's one thing that really stands out to me um, with, with your group and how you were just so incredibly supportive of everyone. It's such a, such a wonderful quality of yours, Kennedy. <laughs> you're such a supportive person. Um what was, what would you say out of, uh, would be the biggest thing that you took away from your time with the girl project? Be easy on yourself. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I took away mostly because each of the girls, we had our own struggles that we ended up opening up to each other about at the end. So, you know, we all just said like, be easy on yourself. You'll get there you'll get it done. It's going to be okay. Um, those are just a lot of the things that we kept repeating to each other. And I still tell myself that stuff every day, you know, be easy on yourself. I tell my friends that, you know, even the outro, that's another form of being easy on yourself. <laughs> I think we've, I think maybe we've talked about the outro. Um, I, no, we haven't. Okay. So for our ampers, the outro is a um, a, a wonderful uh, phrase that we have used in the Girl Project in the past. I've even tried to use it in my family, but they have laughed at me. Um, but that's basically where if somebody says something that, you know, hurts your feelings, um, you can just in a non-threatening way just say, ouch, you know, ouch, ouch for me, because I really didn't care for what you said or how you said it. Um, or which this is used way more often <laughs> is when you say something that is not so nice about yourself. I think that's when we mostly have used ouch in the girl project is if you're uh, using self-deprecating language, um, you know, so if I say, oh, these jeans make my butt look really fat and not in a good way, then Kennedy might say to me, ouch for Vanessa. <laughs> So that's the ouch rule. And I think that's a really important rule. And I sometimes even to myself will say, ouch, don't say that. You know, I think it's a constant battle for yeah. sure. I wonder, Kennedy, 
how so that first that was the first year that we brought in a male to work with the girl project uh prior to that year we had only brought in female guest artists to work and um uh we decided to take a little chance and we did we brought in our first male guest artist and we brought in a second one that year as well and uh what was that experience like having um, a male? Cause I think he was with us for two weeks, I think. Yeah, he was with us for a while. You know, it was Travis, right? Yep, yep. He, he was great. I loved working with him. All of his workshops were so much fun. Um, he, he's one of those people, he's willing to listen. He's not gonna interject and give his opinion. He's just willing to say, you know, tell me how you feel how how I feel right now is not valid because this is your space so I think he came in and he he knew that yes he's a guest artist but this is our time to splurge on our emotions and say how we feel and he was really accepting of that so I loved working with him and I think of course like you're gonna feel the male energy (laughs) but his energy moved with ours we were all going in the same direction so it didn't really feel any different or like there was no type of tension or anything like that working with him hmm. yes and we i mean we, we've had since that time since that experiment we've just had some really special men be a part of the project and they've all kind of done the same thing that you're talking about just allowing that space to happen which has been really great really mm-hmm. great so can you tell me, have you done some other activism work outside of your work with, with us through Girl Project, Voices Heard, now Voices Amplified? Um, other than uh, working with Voices Amplified and the Girl Project, um, the only activism work that I got was through community activism my senior year in high school, um, which that class opened a lot of doors for me because it, it ran like a nonprofit class and each student got to vocalize what they wanted to focus on to make Versailles a better space to live in. Um, we had a lot of people focusing on the mayoral debate. So but really hmm. focusing on who you wanted the leader to be. Others were focusing on the opioid epidemic and stuff like that but me personally I focused mine on school safety um so I devoted my entire senior year to making schools safer trying to get um stricter gun laws in the area even trying to get a mental health room for students who are struggling just to give them kind of an open container space um it didn't pass (laughs) but knowing that I was willing to spend six or seven months of a year just researching, calling people, speaking to different supervisors, speaking to the mayor. I loved that class because it taught me a lot of in and outs of what a good activist is. Mm -hmm. A good activist isn't just someone who says that they support a cause. A good activist is someone who truly steps out of their comfort zone and is calling those people to make those change. So that's, that's the uh, 
most recent activism that I did, but I would say my favorite form of activism that I've done. That's incredible. I, I'm curious what, um, so this mental health room, what were some of your ideas? Like what were some of the components and ideas that established that room? Like what was your vision for it? Um, so for people who haven't been in the Woodford County High School, it's a very old building, um, but there's a lot of vacant rooms. And seeing all of those rooms, I was just always wondering, like, we could utilize these spaces. There was a full, like, book room that was just not being used. It just had shelves of random books that teachers would go into probably twice a year. Um, so I wanted to clear that room out and put bean bags and chairs and plants and, you know, aromatherapy stuff for, you know, scents like lavender, um, as well as having teachers that students nominated um, to watch the room. So that way there is someone in charge, but really just having a space that students could go to besides counselors. Hmm. Because I think the biggest thing with high school counselors now is that they're not certified in mental health. You know, if you go to them and you tell them that you're having a bad day, you're stressed, they automatically just think that it's school related or family, or they'll call your parents. And not everything needs to have your parents contacted for. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you just need a moment. (laughs) You just need a moment in your own space, in your own head to just let it out without being judged and stuff like that. So that's really just all I wanted because that's something that I think our school needs because Versailles suicide rate is so high. And I think it starts with school systems. I didn't know their suicide rate was high. Mm-hmm. Um, unusually high in um I don't know the exact percentage, but I do know throughout my time at that school, four or five students committed suicide. And I think that is, I mean, one is bad enough, but four or five students spend most of their time in a public school building focused on school. And I just, I think that they let mental health slip through and they focus so much on, you know, our school has to be number one in the state for these ACT scores. And to be fair, it's more than just that school, right? You just had a very particular experience there, but that's tough. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that the the idea behind all of that is great. Do you know why? I mean, did you get any reasoning why it didn't pass? They didn't really tell me why. They kind of just always voted no. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing that they worried about was supervision. Um, and you know, were teachers going to be willing to give up their lunch periods for stuff like that? But most of the teachers that I spoke to said that they would be willing if it meant that their students were going to be okay. I was going to say a lot of those Woodford County teachers that I'm familiar with, like Amy Schwartz and Elizabeth Gibson, I, I can only imagine that that would be something they would pretty much, you know, volunteer, you know, to do that. Yeah. Um, I think funding is also something that the school was worried about, but I had in my proposal that we would do donations. I even 
before this even went to the school board, I spoke with the librarian and other faculty members and they all said like, we'll just give you some stuff if you want for free. So funding wasn't an issue. Yeah. Also, Versailles is, or Woodford County is the richest county in Kentucky. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> but being in community activism and having that um, stepping point, it really helped a lot. And just also getting to know the funding aspects because in that class, we got to learn the school's budget as well as the county budget and the city budget. So I learned a lot in that class just yeah. about how to really make change and just how to do it right. <laughs> and politics, it sounds like you're learning like the stepping stones to making action happen. Um, that's excellent. You all see why I introduced her as the future president of the United <laughs> States, right? I hope you're seeing this theme emerge. So speaking of being a future president of the United States, tell me about where exciting opportunities you've got going on and coming up with Aerie. Um, so I opened up to my boss um, about how I'm an electronic media and digital broadcasting major. Uh -huh. But um, also how I've been with the company for three years and I've been an activist for feminism for however long. <laughs> um, and she basically just said to me, you know, give it a year and we're going to get you in touch with home office. We're going to get you in touch with these people who can get your name on some pictures and work on publicizing. Um, women's bodies because the biggest reason why I stay with Aerie is because they're not like Victoria's Secret where they edit their models like throw on filters and stuff like that the models that you see online from Aerie they haven't been edited they haven't been touched their skin tones and how or how you see them their waist size is how you see it I did not know that wow. yeah <laughs> look that up I had no idea yeah, the brand is airy real. So just being true to who you are, regardless of your stretch marks, disabilities, anything, they're so open with anything about a woman's body. And I just really respect that. I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into some airy shopping. <laughs> Okay, wait, so you're doing marketing and broadcasting, you're part of the Honors College, you're taking on this new internship, you're interning with us, you're a sales leader at Aerie, so do you make any time for acting, singing, or dancing still? Um, I sing in the car, on the <laughs> work. <laughs> um, anytime, anytime that I get a chance to do anything artistic, whether it be singing or playing the guitar for my classes, I'll take it. Because being an electronic media and broadcasting major, that's EMB for short, so I'll just say EMB. <laughs> um, being in that major, I get to do audio production. So a lot of the things that my professors say is just, you know, do something that's multi-track. And music is multi-track. So for my final exam last semester, I took it upon myself. Um, and I sing a song. <laughs> I missed it. Yay. I was going to say, do not, do not uh, 
put a put a bushel over that light that is your singing voice. <laughs> I try to just mix it into my other responsibilities the most I can. Yeah. Do you miss do you miss like doing shows or anything? Do you oh miss my gosh. I miss it so much. <laughs> what was your favorite that you've done? You know, that's a really hard one. <laughs> I would say that it's really a tie between Hairspray and The Lion King. Um, Hairspray opened up a lot of doors for me. <laughs> that was only my second show. She was the best little one is ever. <laughs> that was only my second show that I had ever done. Wow. Um, and then, you know, that summer... That was a really busy year because I went straight from Hairspray right into the Girl Project, right into School of Rock, right. and then right into WTYA. Wow. That's so Hairspray really opened up a lot of doors for me, as well as it's just probably one of the best shows to do. It's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it really um, is. But The Lion King it made me feel more connected to my culture um, because the words that Rafiki is saying, you know, she's one of, she's probably, I think she's the only character in the junior version that speaks in the African dialect and language. Mm -hmm. um, so I really honed in on researching, you know, what am I actually singing right now? <laughs> What do my words mean? You know, not just how to pronounce it, but what am I actually saying? Um, and also it was just, again, another fun show to do. Going to JTF and getting recognized, that was a lot of fun too. In front of 7,000 people. <laughs> That's crazy. That was a surreal moment. I remember when I saw my name pop up on the screen and I just said, what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure then I attacked you and because yeah. <laughs> I wasn't getting up I was truly frozen and I remember you you came up to me and you said come on <laughs> you were ahead of me <laughs> oh man uh yes outstanding over overall outstanding female performer award and how many schools are at the junior theater festival like it's like um I'm trying to remember I mean, that's a competitive award with all those students, thousands of students. Obviously, there's 7,000 at 7, 000, Around 7,000 people and, you know, from all over the country and uh, also from New Zealand and England and, I mean, just... Wow. Uh, China. China. China, yep. They have groups from China. I cannot remember how many groups there are, but there's, I mean, hundreds of them. It's, yeah, so it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I also remember the biggest reason why I was freaking out when they said my name was because later I freaked out again because I figured out that Cynthia Arrivo was in the building. <laughs> I know, that's right. That was the year that she, oh my gosh, yeah. So just knowing that, you know, oh, Cynthia Arrivo read my name. <laughs> such a weird weird moment but I'm so grateful for it it was special it was really special yeah Kennedy so in, in this is something that we we ask 
at the beginning of our time in the girl project um who is your greatest inspiration or role model um it's a really hard one <laughs> i think that my biggest role model is probably my dad um he he's been through it all <laughs> He served in so many different branches of the Army. He was in the Marine. He was in, uh, I think he was in the Air Force. Now he's in the National Guard. He's been deployed a bunch. Um, he lost his first wife. He's just been through so much, yet he is such a loving and understanding person. Wow. Oh, I, didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that either. I didn't know that either. Yeah. And he's so educated too. Um, and he's willing to educate himself about things that he doesn't understand. Um, I mean, I remember when I came out to him and then a few weeks later, he said to me, you know, if I see any, like if I see a boyfriend, girlfriend or a they, them, <laughs> like wearing these headphones I gave you. And the fact that he acknowledged just the whole spectrum <laughs> I was like, oh, like, I didn't tell you to say that, nor did I even educate him about other pronouns. He did that on his own. Wow. Sounds like, so are you, do you have a, do you have a good relationship, you feel like, with your family? I love my family. <laughs> um, I say they're all my best friends. I don't know if I'm theirs, because I think I kind of annoy them. <laughs> With how much I love them, because I call my parents every day at the same time. <laughs> oh, that is, you need to talk to your friend Jackson Becker about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I call them every day, probably for half an hour, 45 minutes, just telling them what I did throughout the day, how school's going, because what's going to change in 24 hours with school, right? <laughs> um. You know, and my sisters, my brother, I love my whole family, even my cousins and stuff like that. I'm really close to all of them. I love that. Do you have, uh, of any of your friends, do you have a friend that inspires you the most? I think out of all of my friends, the one who inspires me the most is the one and only Chap Holland. <laughs> yeah, Chap Holland. I'm not going to lie. Maybe I was fishing. I might have <laughs> been fishing so you could talk about chap because you know we're we gotta say his name are inspired by him <laughs> what, what about chap inspires you he is just he's one of those people who taught me you know it's okay to wear your hair natural he would always ask me you know can I see you do your hair you know he would even ask like can I comb your hair out for you and I grew up always getting braids and flat ironing my hair and just damaging it and he would just always say you know like just let your hair go just let it be um so he's one of those people who just taught me like you know go against the status quo be comfortable in your own skin regardless of what anyone says um he's also just a really funny person and he makes me feel comfortable to be my weird self because <laughs> we're so weird together <laughs> 
I would love to see the weird Kennedy. Like like Vanessa said at the beginning, you're so put together and so mature. Um, what, so what what is your weird self? What are the weird things you are speaking of? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Chap and I like to do this thing where we call it our fantasy world. Um, <laughs> we both grew up, you know, loving the idea of having magic and being mermaids, you know, we were obsessed with the show H2O growing up. So, oh, it's so weird because we're 20 years old and we still do this when we see each other. <laughs> I love this. Well, we'll just be sitting down, like having a normal conversation. And then out of nowhere, one of us will just look at each other from across the room and like act like we're like throwing the other person across the room. But we'll go along with it to let each other fulfill our dreams. So if he does it to me, I'll actually throw myself across the room. <laughs> Just so that way he has his moment. <laughs> okay, I I need to see that at some point. I, I, <laughs> I, need, I need record of that, please. I think I posted a video of him doing it to me on his birthday. You can see he's just sitting behind me like, doing this little like choking thing <laughs> oh man that's so great yeah he's he's my best friend I would say out of everyone in the world besides my family Chap is the one person who really knows who I am mm. um, and it's kind of scary how much he knows me because I don't have to say anything to him and he'll know that something's wrong even when it comes to not even being in the same state, because he goes to Wright State University. Um, and there was a few days, or there was um, a day like a few weeks ago when I was getting ready for work and I was just, I woke up not in the best mood and he texted me and he said, I love you. I just thought you needed to hear it today. And I was just like, I'm not even around you. How did you know that I needed that? <laughs> that's, and, yeah, that's a great friend. You know, he knows my insecurities, I remember when uh, um, we were having a conversation and he started doing this thing where anytime I say like a good idea, as small as, you know, let's go to McDonald's for lunch, <laughs> he'll say, Kennedy, you're so smart. And I was like, I mean, it was just suggesting a place. And he said to me, I know that your biggest insecurity is that people think you're stupid. He was like, you don't have to tell me that. So that's why I tell you that you're smart. And I never opened up to him about that. He just knew from how I hold myself in public. That's He's really a great cool. person. <laughs> yes, I, I'm going to brag on Chap a little bit more. Hopefully he listens to this. He sent me a, a, the sweetest uh, message a couple months ago, I think. I hadn't heard from him in a pretty long time. And he does go to my alma mater, woot, woot. Um, but he sent me a message just out of the blue to say hello and let me know what an impact I had made on his life. Um, and that's just, I, I think that uh, he tries to take stock of, of people. And I think that's a really special quality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he definitely is very mindful of the people he allows into his life. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm grateful that he <laughs> chooses to have me in that little corner. <laughs> yeah, that's so sweet. So, so sweet. So you've been, you've been in college now for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And um, what, 
what kinds of things or has there been anything that has surprised you now that you are full-fledged in the adulting world do you have <laughs> lessons that you've learned that you might want to share for anyone who's going to be you know in your shoes and off to college anytime soon um i think something that i've learned is not everyone has the best intentions um and also just trust your instincts. <laughs> if you can sense that someone's energy is off or, you know, someone says something that's a little off-putting, don't ignore it. You know, if something that someone says makes you kind of tilt your head a little bit, call them out. Say like, hey, what did you mean when you said that? Is this what you meant? Because if so, that's not cool. Um, I think I definitely learned that from my freshman, my freshman year, the dorm experience, mm. <laughs> I, my roommate, she had a lot of racist tendencies that I would just, you know, I would push aside because I'm like, no, like I'm her roommate. We're friends. She's not gonna have these tendencies. But then she brought someone into the dorm who outwardly would say the N word and say, oh, my friends are black. They gave me the card. And I'm just like, you, you know that I don't enjoy that word. You know that I don't like when people say it, regardless of their skin tone. Why would you allow them to say that in my room? And she just said, I don't see the problem. Oh, man. So just trust your instincts. Don't push things aside is probably the biggest piece of advice. And that's challenging too, when you're living with somebody and you're stuck in that space. It's one thing if it's a friend on campus that you're like, I can choose not to see you, but to be in an intimate living environment and that face was a, that was a different side of Kennedy that had to come out. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you set, I mean, did you set up those boundaries for yourself and were they received well or? Um, as far as it goes with that roommate or just afterwards in general? I guess with that roommate, I'm just curious how you managed to get through that year. <laughs> um, to be quite honest, I took it upon myself to just, I texted her and I said, hey, when we both get back from class, um, let's go to our room and let's talk. Mm. And I basically just said to her, you've been having these tendencies and I'm done pushing them aside. And I just point blank period said to her, I want you to move out. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't give her the choice because I said to her, you know, this is a space that all of us, because we had, it was a suite room, so we had two other roommates on the other side of the wall, and I said, we've all agreed that we don't have any tendencies. We're not the issue. It's you who's the issue. Um, and I just said, I was like, I hope that you learn from this, but I can't be in this space with you and I'm not leaving. Um, cause I had to stand my ground. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to be a pushover Yeah. because I think that's what people expect from minorities. They expect us to just be the ones who are like, all right, I guess I'll leave. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> and so she moved out. She did. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hard, probably two months. That was a really hard time. What's, what's the vibe right now on college campus with the with racial tensions and the pandemic, are you all having good conversations about equity and inclusion or 
around campus and your apartments, dorm rooms, classrooms? What's the conversations the in Northern Kentucky are actually really, really good. Um, probably all of my classes have just been very translucent about our opinions about what's going on in the country as far as it goes with racial inequality, um, gender inequality, and even the pandemic. We're, we're all just really open about the fact that we're hurting. <laughs> um, and we're there. They're giving you space to talk about it. Yeah, they give us a space, probably maybe five or 10 minutes each class to just vent <laughs> about what we're all going through. Oh, that's, that is great. And um, what, what have you found to be the most challenging about this past year? Um, adaptability. Um, I thought prior to everything that's happened that I was good at adapting. Um, but when you have to constantly adapt to everything that's happening, it's hard, especially when you're a college student having to keep up with a course load. And when it comes to academics, I think that's where some professors fail because they're good about making sure that everyone's good, but they're still like, okay, you're okay or you're not okay, still get my assignment in. Um, so being able to adapt to the fact that, you know, you might have to move back home, you know, the next morning, <laughs> but you still have to turn in that assignment that night too. Wow. But I think college campuses are getting a lot better about being understanding of that. Um, especially at NKU. Um, I think students at NKU are very, very vocal about we, what we do and don't like. Um, so, you know, there was a time when they were still making everyone pay for parking, but no one needed to have a parking pass because there was plenty of spots. Um, so students took it upon themselves to start a petition and they didn't give us free parking, but they did make the parking garages free. <laughs> oh, so that's, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. 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 The student body is very connected and open-minded, I think. That's great. Um, so you have jobs and internships and classes and all of these things going on. What do you do right now with everything going on in the world, plus your really busy schedule? What do you do for self-care? Um, I've gotten really into doing tarot card readings. Ooh. <laughs> we both perk up we're like yeah yeah I've gotten really into doing tarot card readings along with journaling so if I find myself getting stressed or you know even even if I'm not stressed I'm having a good day but I still am like okay I did all this stuff now it's me time mm -hmm. um I'll get out my deck of cards I'll pull a few cards really evaluate them and see how they connect to my life. And then I'll journal it to make sure that I really remember it and make sure that throughout the week, I keep those cards in mind. I even keep crystals on me. Um, I wear a crystal necklace. I switch out the crystals every day, just what type of energy I want to bring into my day. So is it like a vial that you put the crystal in that you switch, you're switching out crystals? So it's, um, I wish I had it with me, but it's just, 
<laughs> it's just this little um like cage type of thing it's mm -hmm. circular and it it's like a spring it just opens up and you pop in the crystals that you want um and it's just as simple as that i put in two crystals every day one for clarity and then one for a chakra that i feel like needs some extra energy brought to it mm. yeah that's smart <laughs> Lately, I've been switching between my head and heart chakra. Yeah. <laughs> I had to give the heart chakra a break because I was like, okay, my emotions are flowing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a heart chakra today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kennedy, where do you want to be? in 15 years you won't quite be old enough yet well maybe you'll be old enough to run for president 15 years i mean 35 is that the age i'll be 35 right and i think you could be 35 to run for president so that's where i think you're going to be in 15 years where do you think you're going to be in 15 years um honestly i would like to start my own production company um, I've gotten really into producing, as you both know, <laughs> I like producing, I like organization and managing other people. Um, I don't want to say I like being in charge, but I like Why being, <laughs> I like being in charge and the fact that I like to make sure that everyone's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would like to start my own production company really focused on helping organizations like Voices Amplified, you know, helping nonprofit organizations get their work out there and getting different groups of people together who are certified in camera work, audio work, lighting, and just starting my own company. And so production is such a, um, it seems like a broad word I know to you because you're in it, maybe it's not. But when you say production company, are you talking about producing marketing materials? Like is marketing tied into that? Or are you talking about production, like music production or film production? So when I talk about production company, I mean that basically I am the head producer of the company, but I also have a team of 15, 20 other producers, a team of 10 to 20 other audio people. And I'm just like separating people to different little nonprofit organizations. So basically, um, take it as Voices Amplified um, 15 years from now. It's just now starting up. You guys are starting from scratch. You don't have an audio person, marketing person, or anyone. You would call me and I would say, I have some people that I can recommend to you. Here you go. Choose. These are their prices. Mm. So that's kind of what I want, want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who gets shit done. <laughs> Love those people. I try. <laughs> so Kennedy, I have a question for you that might be, might be challenging to answer. I found this this made me feel very vulnerable and curious what keeps you up at night um I think the thing that keeps me up at night is my thoughts um because I am so go 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 all the time from the moment I wake up till the moment my head hits the pillow um when my head does hit the pillow I find myself just not being able to stop my brain from everything that like 
I was neglecting throughout the day and I don't really have a moment to sit and just, you know, say, Kennedy, how are you feeling right now? You know, are you feeling anxious? Did you drink water? <laughs> um, so I'll just find myself up at night, just having all of these thoughts run in a circle of just like everything that's stressing me out. <laughs> so I think that's what keeps me up at night. <laughs> Never being able to turn off the brain. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. what's your superpower or or what do you feel is it, like you uniquely have to offer in a collaborative space I think open-mindedness mm-hmm. is probably my superpower um the ability to talk to someone who's on the completely other spectrum and still, I like to say disagree agreeably. Um, that's something that I've been saying for a few years now. I think that's something that I've gotten pretty good at. Um, you know, I'm very liberal, but one of my best friends is a Republican. <laughs> and I think that is a superpower, especially in today's politics. <laughs> So just being able to be open-minded and see from the other person's point of view, even if you don't agree with it, but attempt to understand it. That is a wonderful, wonderful quality to have. (laughs) (laughs) What's the best piece of advice that anyone has ever given you? Um, you know, Walker Cody said to me before he went to SCAD, sometimes life has to tell you instead of the other way around. And I think (laughs) that's Walker Cody. (laughs) (laughs) That's the biggest piece of advice that someone's given me. I remember he wrote that in a letter to me before he moved to college and he's a junior now. (laughs) It's been three years and I still have that letter and I still think about that one piece of advice. That's great. Hmm. The world has told me a lot of things that I didn't even really want to (laughs) know. But yeah, it's 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 amazing to be able to sit and listen and see. Yeah, that's I love that. Mm -hmm. Especially with I think women like us who we we like to be in the know of things. (laughs) We like to know what's coming next, and you know life isn't like that. (laughs) We just have to be willing to you know take a punch and then get back up again. Yeah truth (laughs) (laughs) do you have a book that you recommend that everyone reads um it's a book that I read uh, back in 2016 actually during the girl project um Sarah Metcalf gave it to me before the last day um it's called the letter q um it's a book of uh, personal autobiographies I think it's with 50 authors from around the country. Um, It's just full of all of their coming out stories, but it's letters to themselves. Um, And I recommend that everyone reads that, even if you're not in the LGBTQ plus community, Mm -hmm. I recommend everyone reads that just because again, you're allowing yourself to step into another person's shoes. And, you know, people like to say, you you choose to be gay Mm -hmm. 
I think if everyone were to read this book, you would change your opinion if you read their letters. Because I mean, some of them are 60 year old women and men writing to their 10 year old selves. Mm. And you get to learn a lot about them. And I just think that me, myself reading that as, you know, a 15, 16 year old, I was just, I was in tears <laughs> just cause you're really observing their internal struggle at 10 years old <laughs> from the word or like from the eyes though of a 60 year old it's just really different the letter q that's what it's called yeah it's by sarah moon and just that in your 60s 70s 80s you're still taking courageous steps that take a lot of time and a yeah. lot of patience to find that kind of courage yeah it doesn't stop. You don't just all of a sudden, all of a sudden, not be scared of anything at a certain age, right? It slowly unfolds, hopefully, as you start to trust who you are. And yeah, it was I'm a gonna really read that book. book. <laughs> I have a one more question before we go into our campfire section, Kennedy. Mm -hmm. If you could have a billboard on the highway of the whole country <laughs> what would your billboards say love yourself before others oh <laughs> mic drop <laughs> we i think we made it through this inauguration day podcast and questioning without crying I'm, I'm so proud of us. I really, <laughs> really am, am proud of us. Um, Kennedy, we are going to move on to our campfire section. The campfire is a moment for our guests to share inspiration with our listeners and us. The campfire represents storytelling in an intimate setting that is unique to the people who are present. In our activism work, we refer to this as the closed container or circling. Kennedy, what are you going to share with us today? Um, I'm going to be sharing I've Learned by Maya Angelou. Oh. <laughs> love, 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 love. Okay. <laughs> Which I learned today for the first time. I didn't realize that Maya Angelou had a, um, I, they were referencing Maya Angelou with Joe Biden in their um, stutter. And I didn't realize that she had any sort of speaking. Did you know that? I, I did not know that. Yeah, she was mentioned in that. So I'm going to look that up. Hmm. Sorry to throw that in, but I, I was like, what? I didn't know this. Yeah. So because she speaks please. very, uh, I don't know, she, the videos of her live, she doesn't have any moments. Mm -mm. So eloquent. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. All right, Kennedy, take it away. I've learned that no matter what happens or how bad it seems today, life does go on and it will be better tomorrow. I've learned that you can tell a lot about a person by the way he or she handles these three things, a rainy day, lost luggage, and tangled Christmas lights. I've learned that regardless of your relationship with your parents, you'll miss them the day that they're gone from your life. I've learned that making a living is not the same thing as making a life. I've learned that, that life sometimes gives you a second chance. I've learned that you shouldn't go through life with the catcher's mitt on both hands. You need to be able to throw something back. I've learned that whenever I decide something with an open heart, I usually make the right decision. I've 
learned that even when I have pains, I don't have to be one. I've learned that every day you should reach out and touch someone. People love a warm hug or just a friendly pat on the back. I've learned that I still have a lot to learn. I've learned that people will forget what you said, but people will never forget what you did. People will never forget how you made them feel. I just talked about not crying. <laughs> and here they come. You spoke to oh, So beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for sharing that. I needed, I needed to hear that today. I think that's a good way to close out. I, I like, I mean, I know we've been in 2021 for a few weeks now, but I feel like having a new president is really putting the cap and really closing the book for 2020. And I think all of us learned all of that in 2020. And I think my, me, myself personally, turning 20 in 2020, <laughs> um, I've learned a few of those things too. That's interesting. In my interview, I was talking about how New Year's didn't feel how I wanted it to feel. Mm -hmm. um, because nothing really changed besides it turned midnight and the calendar, we went on with another day. But I would agree that today feels different. Yeah, um, And I think we all do actually know that Maya Angelou was mute for five years. We knew that. And I just reflecting for that second, as you were reading that, remembered that what they were referring to was her not speaking for five years after her experiences. And I think we all right. maybe remember that anyway. Yeah. Stunning choice of words to share on Inauguration Day 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I am going to ask you a few rapid response questions because we love to put people on the spot. <laughs> I hope you didn't see them. I tried to put them in my little interview section um, late today. But <laughs> first, what is your guilty pleasure? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I just saw you throwing chap across the room with your magic. <laughs> <laughs> I think my guilty pleasure is I think it's something that we all do but it's it's the best thing in the world you know just walking around the apartment with no pants on <laughs> sometimes Evan's like oh <laughs> yes I kind of did <laughs> yeah I think that's probably my guilty pleasure <laughs> Uh, what's your attitude toward the world in one word or maybe two or three words? Very surprising for me, but bitter. Ooh. That's how I feel. That's how I've been feeling lately towards the world. I love the truth. Um, what's your favorite sound? Mm, wind. Ooh. If you could re bring one person back from the dead, who would it be? My aunt. Rom-com, action, thriller, or documentary? Mm, documentary. <laughs> you're, you're so good. Um, <laughs> we struggled with that question. All of the, the, the Girl Project founders and leaders, we were like, rom-com, thriller, action. We should say documentary. <laughs> um, and 
last but definitely not least, what is your spirit animal? Oh gosh. <laughs> I think my spirit animal is a sloth. Oh. <laughs> what is it? This is a Gen Zer thing. What is with the sloths? I think you're the anti-sloth. Like I, I don't know. Why <laughs> a sloth? What are what makes a sloth even remotely worthy of being your spirit animal? You know, Chap has said to me on so many occasions, he'll catch me with my posture completely off, and I'm literally sitting with my arms like this, and like over. <laughs> <laughs> and I think naturally. I'm a slower walker and I move slower naturally mm -hmm. when I don't have anything on my to-do list. <laughs> Kennedy, thank you for the honor of letting us interview you today. You are such an inspiration, um, I think, for people of your age and also um, I, I'm a huge fan and you inspire me so much. Um, I appreciate your, your tenacity. I appreciate you. You are a positive person. Even when, even when you are bitter at the world, you are always hopeful. Um, and I love that so much about you and your, your charisma and your warmth, um, always shine through in everything that you do. So thank you for being a part of our team. We are thrilled to have you go on this journey with us. Um, and uh, I hope all of our listeners get a sense of, as you listen to me and Vanessa and Jenny and Margaret talk about the girl project and almost always come back to the girls like, how do you get through? Why do you do this? What do you love about this? It's the girls. And just hearing and having you in the space today um, as the person we're interviewing, I learned so much. Um, <laughs> and while I wasn't there this summer, you were there. So I know you less than Margaret or Vanessa, right, who were there that summer. Um, it, I feel so enlightened by by you and young people, um, and just hearing your perspective and points of view. It's it's it is why we do what we do, and you are a beacon of why we do what we do. I will say, you all have. I always people always say, you know, who are your mentors? Who uh, who do you have to thank for who you are today? I always say. Jenny, Vanessa, Ellie, and Margaret. <laughs> I I owe you guys a lot of who I am today because you guys have really opened up a path for me. Thank you. Well, we'll hear for you and we'll have you running the girl project and voices amplified with us for the rest <laughs> of your life if you'll do it. <laughs> That's right. Kennedy Johnson for president. 15 years. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Kennedy. Yeah, thank you all. All right, everyone. Thanks for getting amped with us. If there are questions that we didn't ask that you want answered, be sure to send them our way. We are Voices Amped on Instagram and Facebook. 
I don't think we have a Twitter, but you know, there's two other ways that you can get in contact with us. So we'll be good, right? Voices Amped is part of the arts initiative Voices Amplified. You can check us out on our website at www.voicesamplified.net. Our team is Ellie Clark, Vanessa Becker-Weig, me, Jenny Benavides, and Dr. Margaret McGladry, with production assistance by alumni and intern Kennedy Johnson. This podcast is possible in part due to a generous grant from the Kentucky Foundation for Women. We want to thank Lauren Rourke for the badass podcast art, Tiffany DuPont Novak for our Fierce Voices Amplified logo, and Vanessa Davis for our beautiful underscore, I'm doing okay. You can check out her music at Songwriter Vanessa on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope to see you next week. Voices Amped is generously sponsored by the Kentucky Foundation for Women. For more information about our guests, podcast content, or if you want to learn more about Voices Amplified, follow our advocacy work or support our 2021 independence campaign. You can visit our website, voicesamplified.net, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, be curious, be courageous, take up space, and make some noise.